0: Hi, I'm Danielle Bassan and welcome back to another episode of Tiny Tots Defying the Odds. Each episode touches upon the miraculous journeys of each guest. From medical emergencies and personal crises to parenthood and entrepreneurship, these are the stories and testimonies of great might and metal, and I can't wait to share them with you. Today, I am thrilled to be joined by my next guest. Paul McDonald, known as Prendad UK, is a devoted dad to twin boys. Both born in 27 weeks and who spent 9 weeks in an NICU. He is also a devoted husband. Carl is the founder of PremDad, a blog about premature parenthood from a dad's perspective. Carl's blogs have been widely received by huge communities such as Dad's Net, Bliss, and Labour politician Angela Rayner, whose son was also born premature. In this episode, I talked to Carl about his twin boys' NICU journey, parenthood from a dad's perspective the importance of Dad speaking up, and how he is making an impact through PremDad UK. So here is Carl McDonald on the Tiny Tots Define the Odds of Podcasts.
1: Hello, thanks for having me.
0: You're very welcome. Thanks for joining me today. I am truly inspired by your journey and seeing your twin boys journey and how you really dealt with that and the work you're doing now based on your story. What you're doing is amazing, and I would love you to tell the audience about yourself. And your and I see your journey with your lovely twin boys.
1: No problem. Yeah, as you mentioned, I have twin boys who were born about thirteen weeks prematurely. So twenty-seven weeks of spontaneous labour, so my wife went into labor very suddenly, unexpectedly, and within six hours I think it was. We had two twin boys and yes, obviously quite a scary experience we were our first children as well, so it's not something we through previously or expected or had any idea that could happen. It was scary to see them really so small and then literally within seconds taken away to a little table and having wires and tubes pushed into them and that kind of thing and then taken away into a different room so it was really scary beginning they actually were yeah they were born in the hospital close to where we live but they were moved to a specialist unit about an hour away where we live so we had to follow a wife in an ambulance and and me in, in the car and they were there for two weeks and then once they were deemed well enough, they were moved back to the unit at home. And I think they were there for another seven, just over seven weeks, so nine weeks in total. It's just really a challenging times, really. It did obviously impact me quite a lot from a mental health perspective. And what I'm trying to do now is tell my story, share my experiences, and hopefully share some resources and information that will help. Other people going through that situation, I think, when you're living in it, there's not a lot of support there unless you go looking for it. So hopefully if that's the kind of idea, really, is just to be helpful to people who go through that and hopefully don't find it as tough as I did.
0: I love that. You're doing just that through Prem Dads. You should be proud of yourself and what you're doing so far.
1: Yeah, it's um, difficult definitely from that as well as always, thinking about like, holding, balling up your emotions and that kind of thing, but talking, writing about it, it's... It's always been like, writing for me has always been like a bit of a creative outlet anyway. So being able to do that kind of helps me to offload. But like I say, if it helps other people as well, then that's all the better. During the stay in the NICU, I, was, I didn't really speak to anyone. Couldn't really speak to other parents on the unit. I found it really hard. Like I got really bad anxiety. But being able to talk about by now really does help. And like you say, helping other people as well, which is nice.
0: Definitely. I'm sure that there'll be many dads going to you right now being encouraged by you speaking up and out about your journey because as men you're taught to bottle up your emotions women are more different we let it out we cry we scream men are taught to be strong and tough aren't you
1: Exactly, I think it's. I think progress has been made on that. Really, that lot more and more men do seem to now be talking about the mental health and opening up a little bit more. But I think that's. Whenever I was growing up, it was always seen as a bit. weak cry or anything like that. I think when the boys were in the hospital, I cried probably every day. Sometimes happy, sometimes sad, sometimes scared. It's it horrendous. But like I said, it's just something that particularly I. People of my age and older are are always being taught that men are supposed to be strong. And I did feel like that for quite a lot of the time as well. My wife was obviously going going through a really difficult time. I found it really hard to be there for her, but also to be there for the boys as well. I had to split myself between three people, which was really difficult. Again, it's just about trying to sympathise with what people are going through and hopefully we'd be a a bit of reassurance.
0: I love what you're doing at the moment. To trying to encourage our prem dads that it's okay to share your story too. It's okay to cry if you need to. It's okay to have all these emotions because we're all human at the end of the day. And as we are trying to get out there right now, and I know that it's going to help a few prem dads out there right now going through a mental battle and tough experiences and feeling like they should be closed off or hide their emotions. But they're human too, and if they need to know that, will be reminded of that. Thank you for being that inspiration.
1: I appreciate that. Definitely, like you say, it's just one of those things, really. I think that almost don't know how difficult it is until you live through it. Again, just being able to share that experience hopefully will help other people going through the same kind of scenario, I suppose.
0: Definitely. So going back then to your twin boys, being in the ICU unit, I saw a quote that really touched my heart you basically said that you followed them not knowing the challenges that were ahead and you were bursting with joy and pride by the same time you didn't know what to expect because you were worried and then your second twin boy he gripped your finger letting you know dad i'm going to be okay and that was such a significant moment for you i'm sure it's like you were saying dad don't worry we've got this hold the faith
1: yeah it was crazy what
0: was that like for you
1: it was honestly it was the day he was born real late at night and my head was all over the place i just had my hand in there and he just just gave it a little squeeze i thought, ah, maybe he's trying to tell me something and like i said i didn't know if they were going to make it it was touch and go for a little bit but to look at them now it's laughable really that as i thought they wouldn't make it though so strong and independent now and it's typical three-year-olds talking back to me and that kind of thing, up to mischief all the time. But like I said, at that time, we both of them had difficulties along the way. So my firstborn son, he had a, quite a severe brain bleed, a couple of days old, and we were really concerned about his outlook. At that point, our second born, I think he had a, a couple of infections within the first few days as well. He wasn't in great shape at, at certain points as well. But he was Throughout that whole time, there was always these little moments, like the holding the hand and later on when we were able to hold them as well just when you thought oh maybe we will be okay after all and obviously got to take that as being quite lucky as i know a lot of people have babies born that early and unfortunately some don't always make it or some live with kind of lifelong conditions or difficulties so every class has to be quite lucky in that regard We almost been able to make that bond with them at that early stage even though we were separated from them because it is quite hard to bond with them through an incubator but your relationship We've got now, as dad and sons, is it's really strong It's just to always see like, where they are now compared to what might have been.
0: Beautiful. And it's wonderful to hear about their journey and see how they've grown now from being in see ICU and being fragile and not knowing what's next to Carmen if they're going to live or not to now talking back at their dad. <laughs> Cheeky toddler stage, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, exactly. Classic <laughs> stuff. And what I try to do yeah, on my Instagram, trying to share photos i've tried and do a mixture of photos from back then showing what it was like but also of now as well as a kind of almost like a inspirational thing really to say look it might look like this at the start but you wouldn't know these two were fighting for their lives when they were first born running around and like you say talking back to me and that kind of thing causing chaos everywhere they go but like i say it's just something that kind of stays with you so even though we're through the other side now and seemingly thriving it's still i still probably think about that journey most days if not every day
0: definitely well what were some of the trial moments you witnessed your twin boys going through that I see icu journey what were some turning points for you that made you think oh my gosh my boys are going to make it after all and what helped you get through the darkest moments of I see you?
1: i think it's, it's really difficult to think about the sort of good points when you're going through some so traumatic. But things like, you just trying to like make milestones of the things like, so when they came off their breathing support, when well, they started to breathe for themselves, when they started to have bottle feeds rather than through a tube and straight for the stomach, when they moved from an incubator into a cot, they were finally reunited at that point. So they were moved after, I think, they were about six or seven weeks old, moved back into a, a little double cot, so they were together again. And that was a really nice moment as well. And it was at that point we started to feel more involved so it was easy if we were allowed to just pick them up where we wanted, really. So that kind of felt good. And I think, yes, the closer we got to discharge day, the more of these kind of yeah, moments there were, that they were less instant with the machine beep and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think just, yeah, what we tried to do was, I think somebody bought my wife a book and it was like every night before bed, we had to write three positive things that had happened that day. And obviously some days it was really hard because it felt like nothing good had happened but forced ourselves to think of, Anything that was even might seem like the smallest thing. But yeah, I think that kind of helped us to try and have a positive mindset and kind of work through it together as a family.
0: And documenting each Wyoming of your twin boys' journeys must have really gave you some peace of mind in terms of looking at how far they've come for each stage of their journey. I know when I was throughout my life, mum documented day one right throughout the end of my NIC journey so she could look back and be. My child was a fighter. Even when doctors said this would happen to her or that would happen yeah. to her, she wouldn't live. She actually defied the odds after all. So it's actually a wonderful thing, documenting journeys, just to look back and think, "My gosh, they made it through so much, and look where we are now." And as some dad they can document and get it out of their heads, isn't it?
1: Exactly. Like I say, we used to write stuff down. Our phones were taking thousands of pictures. In, in brief, guys, they probably all looked the same, but at that point, we were like you say, we were noting how the boys were changing and different in the way they were acting and the way they were appearing was uh, obviously something that we can look back on now as well. And I think, as I mentioned to you before, you write quite a bit about this experience. I I guess I must have always had that idea in the back of my mind because at various points, I just opened my notes on my phone and just jot quick things down that have either happened or you know, things that little thoughts that came into my head, how I was feeling and what was going on. So there must have been something in the back of my mind saying that I was gonna do this at some point, which I guess, yeah, it is just another way that I got through the experience but also documented what's Because when you're living in that there's a pair of just complete blur really, kind of the outside world doesn't exist anymore. It's just your whole life is in this one little room. Yes, it's good that we did that and we've got kind of a record that we can look back on and talk about now that we're through the other side.
0: Awesome, well, I love that. So you've a prem which is more like a blog, blogging about in-boys journeys. And you've also got a book on there offering tips on how both mums and dads in the NICU can just be encouraged and what they can do to just try to keep at ease. Tell us about that and what inspired you to launch that.
1: Like I said, I think there probably must be something in the back of my mind that Was saying i would do this at some point but it really started it was just before the lockdown the first covid lockdown i wrote an article about it just you know pitched it to huffington post and it got published and i got an email with a link to it and it said that it's live and i panicked a bit i thought oh no i should have done this it's quite a personal story but I shared it on Facebook and that kind of thing. I got shared so many times and all my friends and family shared it and was really nice and positive about it. I got messages from people I'd never met before saying, thank you, talking about this. It's really important to hear a dad's side of it. That kind of set, set a real bit of a almost planted seed, really. And then when the lockdown actually took place, I ended up being furloughed from work for a few months between, between parenting Set the blog up as well and just started writing about the different experiences that I went through. Like I created like another downloadable thing, which is like how to bond with your baby and stuff. And a lot of the stuff in there was from my own personal experience, but some of it was stuff that I'd wish I'd done as well. So, like I said, this thing is about like talking to people, and that's something I didn't really do. Like, it really went quite like, introverted, probably so quite shy anyway, but like, so sort of heightened sense of anxiety. I couldn't really be in a room with the other parents. I found that really difficult. Obviously, since then, I've kind of Understood that probably talking about it at the time would have been really helpful and almost, yeah, maybe would have helped me get through it a little bit better. And yeah, that's a general idea behind it. Yeah, like I say, it's been really well received. So, alongside that, I run like the Twitter account and Instagram account. And I never realized before launching it what sort of big community there is into neonatal parents. So, it's really nice being able to connect with a lot of other parents. I mean, to be honest, there's not very many dads out there which is why i did it as well i remember being in the hospital and wondering what. which i know a lot of the focus is going to be on the mum, she's gone through something so traumatic but yeah it would have been nice i think to have a little bit more advice and information geared towards the dads so yeah i thought why not be the person to do it
0: that's it that's me so key then the moms do go through a lot don't get me wrong they do but dads go through a lot as well especially mentally it's a mental battle I remember my dad had to work and drive constantly back and forth to make sure my mum was okay make sure that I was okay and sleeping on the windowsill just to make sure his girls were all right and going to work the next day. These are things that dads usually have to provide whilst having to pass their wives or their misses or their tiny tots. It's extremely it's exhausting. And there is a need for Prem dads to come together and speak about their stories, and believe that you said the why not me, where's the support I needed, it was going through a hard time too, seeing my boys fight for their lives, where was the support at the time for me, and I love how you took the initiative, and you started Prem Dads because there is a need for Dads to come together, speak up, and speak out, and let their emotions out, what we were saying earlier, not be so tough about it, and just let it be pushed to one side, but actually just let it out and release yourselves
1: yeah definitely you touched on something there as well around sort of work thing as well about about your dad yeah i had to go back to work while the boys were still in hospital as well luckily and the place i worked at the time my manager gave me a bit of extra time off and i was able to work remotely as well so that kind of helped yeah it's really hard to go and do a job or try and do a job when you can't really think about anything else other than what's going on back at the hospital yeah that was difficult again but yeah, like you said, it's just, yeah, I guess I just wanted to see more support for dads. Uh, yeah, hopefully being able to hear a voice for the dads will help others. And like you say, hopefully we can build more of a community from that perspective as well.
0: Well, Sam, what opportunities have Prem Dads gained so far to be a voice on behalf of other Prem Dads? For example, you mentioned Huffington Post and you mentioned you launched other socials to raise awareness what Prem Dads go through just tell us a little bit how opportunities have enabled you to be a voice and what impact Prem Dads is already having so far
1: so uh, it's been quite crazy to be honest really since launch i been really supported by a lot of the charities so Bliss is the biggest kind of neonatal charity. And I've done quite a lot of work with them, content for their site, so I did an open letter to dads and a podcast as well. I've also recorded a podcast with Bliss as well, which is really cool. And again, they're spending a lot of time trying to get more information to dads and the fact that are actually consulting people like me who have been through it is really fun as well. And then I've done other pieces with a charity called Smallest Things. So again, again, premature to charity, a bit of the smaller one, but did like a, an online webinar, I think it was, and made. It a couple of other tabs have spoke about our different experiences. Like I say, it's not something I'm particularly used to, but it's been really nice to have that interest and be able to partner with those kind of platforms that have a bigger audience and they target the right people because at the end of the day, that's the people that I'm trying to talk to. Yeah, it has given me quite a lot of good opportunities, but hopefully, in return, I've given them some useful information as well. So, yeah, long may it continue.
0: And it definitely shall continue. What are your future goals for Crown Dads? It's
1: difficult one to say, really, but like I said, I just could do it in my spare time and I don't really get that much spare time. But yeah, I've grown, I think, for me. But yeah, just continue getting the nice feedback in the comments, I think really nice. I'm hopeful that at some point, hopefully in a not-too-distant future, but we'll see how it goes. But there's, a, there's definitely a book in there. So at the first draft stage, uh, and book almost going back to that time and reliving it. So as you can imagine, it's sometimes it's quite hard to sit and write about but that's hopefully the next step and we'll see where it goes maybe appear on more podcast but yeah that's the next major one that i've got in mind is yeah building a hopefully launching a book of some description that might be helpful or might be kind of of interest
0: and um, we look forward to seeing it come to parish because it will come it just takes time doesn't it? It, it definitely so how do you balance being a loving dad with twin boys who are at cheeky toddler stage yeah, and, and also managing projects on the side with this book and brand. How do you find time for those things?
1: See, like I say, to be honest, the spare time is, is a little bit hard to come by these days. Every week or so, I might have a couple of nights just on my own in a separate room, just getting things out of my head and writing through it and or drawing a blog post down, something like that. But it's like I say, it's, it's typical family. Family life is hectic, but I enjoy doing it and it's quite fantastic for me to actually write about it and share my stories, but at the same time, I don't want to miss time with my kids and that kind of stuff. We went i a lot of work in the evenings, to make sure I'm always there, play with them for a bit before they get to bed and then at the weekends we make sure that that's family time try and get out for a nice walk every weekend as well. And it's just about trying to fit it in really around busy schedule. nights when the boys go to bed, I want to go to bed as well and we'll probably just watch something on Netflix for an hour and then it's bedtime for ourselves. But if I can try and commit to a night or two a week, just trying to maintain it really, that's it. But unfortunately, it's just one of those things that sometimes I can take a backseat. Hopefully it'll grow as the boys get older and less dependent on this.
0: That day will come. They'll be big and grown boys, and for toddlers to teenagers, and they eventually bringing home their girls here, and, see. <laughs> and eventually not become down.
1: Yeah, I'm sure we'll go in the blink of an eye as well. It's hard to believe that there's three, three and a half already, but it's one of those things you don't want to wish the time away. There, kind of, especially considering what we went through, I just cherish every moment we get. Really, and uh, when they're playing, on, maybe not so much, but it, like I said, it, it's about trying to fit it in around family life, really.
0: And family is everything, and you are doing just that. You're you're making time to not miss out on the moments, and it's okay to sometimes just put things aside, like the book and other things, just to make time for family because family is everything. And talk about the importance of other dads, and maybe feeling guilty because they may not be spending time with their little ones because work and often get in the way
1: be honest i'm quite fortunate at the moment because i work from home now what that means for me is that previously i would be out the door before the boys woke up in the morning and then i'd get back at night and they'd probably be going to bed half an hour later so i wouldn't really see much of them at all really but now that i work from home i can yeah, i don't have my commute anymore so i'm able to take them to nursery in the morning i see more of them in the evening so it's gone okay for me in that sense but i think that for those that don't get to see as much it's it is difficult obviously, especially when going through something like that, but you gotta focus on the fact that you're doing it for a reason, you're doing it to provide for your family. So I don't be too be too hard on yourself. And even for me, there's times when it gets a little bit much and you know, between myself and my wife, we'll give each other some space as well. So I might go for a couple of hours and watch a football game. My wife goes out an evening in a week, meet up with her friends as well. So I think it's important to have that time for yourself as well. As much as I love kind of spending time with my boys, it's always good to be able to wind down a little bit. How do you feel like if you don't see enough of them or as much as you want to and remember why that is. And let you say, providing for your family. I know I see people kind of work away and don't see much of them, but when they do come home, you know, they're, they're able to more time with them and take them on nice holidays and that kind of thing. So it's it hey, works differently for different people.
0: You said that wonderfully, and so dads, don't feel guilty. You're doing it for a good purpose, okay? Exactly. Yeah. What advice would you give to dads who are going through a tough experience right now with their tiny tots? Who they may have them to be going to work, Can't, like we said earlier, driving back and forth just to accommodate time to be there for their spouses and their tiny tots or they're maybe mentally drained and exhausted or feeling like they can't speak to anybody what message or hope would you want to share
1: i think probably just think about why what's going on and, and what you want to be the end goal really the end result Say so you can feel like it's a dab a tunnel at times but just look for the light there's always somebody who will listen to you so whether that's partner Family, friends or even somebody you don't know for me like the nurses on the unit were really helpful and really listened to my feelings quite a lot and, and were really helpful in that regard and things like that can really help i think again making yourself making time for yourself as well you can try and kind of read a book or listen to some music half an hour it can just Relax you and bring you back into the real world a little bit, or maybe take you out of the real world as it might be. But I think it's just about trying to stay positive as much as possible and just working through it. Making sure that you get if you're going through with a partner or something like that, that you're on the same team and you're helping each other through it. That can be really helpful and can take some of the pressure away as well.
0: Most definitely. So, Prem Dad, you heard it today from Carl McDonald. He's bending your shoes and look where his twin boys are now from. A moment of thinking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to them now? Being cheeky toddlers that will eventually grow into lovely boys in the future and will do great things. So I want to thank you, Carl, for joining us today. And if you can tell the audience where they can find you and keep up to date with Prone Dads and the work you're doing, that'll be great.
1: Yeah, great. Thanks for, thanks very much again for having me on. It's been really nice to talk about, yeah, the Prem Dad and the experience of, yeah, my, my blog is uk, and I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at premdad underscore UK on both. So, yeah, hopefully speak to some of you listeners at some point in the future, but at any time if you've got any, any questions, please do reach out and we're always happy to talk about it.
0: Thank like you, Prem Dads and those listening I hope you are encouraged today by Carl's story. Make sure you keep up to date with the work he's doing for Prem Dads. I can assure you it's some excellent tips that he's given out and you won't be disappointed. And I know that the work you're doing with Prem Dads will continue to go far. Thank you. I hope you are inspired by today's podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode. And it was a pleasure to have you listening in and tuning in. So I appreciate it and love you guys.